0: Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. It looked to spotlight like the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In the world of wrestling, where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads... Don't get lost in a sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20x20 20 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even zubaz, then drop them a line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20 x the number 20 apparel.com and also check out their enamel pin line it's super cool
1: fresh, 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 fresh is the word
0: i'm jim duggan got long wood for plenty of holes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though We see your kicks and we laugh and yellin' what it goes. You see me shinin' like a suit on puffy You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy That's why the dude call money I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably somethin' to yo Tryin' to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog Gotta Full of keys, you can't copper them all. And a pressure than the freshest. You can tell it's in my essence, bitch. You see the way I'm rapping. Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Fresh got All right, welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh-Fraser, and we got a great guest for you this episode. We have David Howard Thornton. You probably know him as Art the Clown from the movie Terrifier, and he's also going to be coming to my neck of the woods for the Astronomicon Pop Culture Convention. Yo, how you doing? I am doing very well. I'm excited about coming up. Oh, hell yeah, (laughs) hell yeah. So, uh... (laughs) What 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 have you heard thus far about, uh, you know, Astronomicon?
1: Well, I, I hear it's going to be a lot of fun. I have been looking at some of the guests there. There's one I, I haven't been able to meet yet. I've been wanting to meet. It's Charles Fleischer, who is the voice of Roger Rabbit. That's like my favorite film of all time. So I hope I get a chance to talk to him.
0: Oh, yeah. it's know, know what's so great about Astronomicon. It's like it's a smaller convention, but – it's mm-hmm. very intimate so like everybody's just chilling there so you know i'm sure oh, you'll yeah. you know have a little bit of time to uh to, to uh you know chop it up with them and talk to them
1: oh hopefully so hopefully so <laughs> yeah it's cool
0: um you know what you've been what you been up to these days oh a lot of filming <laughs> a lot of filming for terrifier 2 yeah you know you know without you know giving any spoilers you know what can we expect for terrifier 2
1: bigger and better. <laughs> it's, it's I yeah, we're in the middle of filming right now we're, we're having to take a little bit of a break because our DP's uh his wife's about to have a baby in like a day or so. Right. I think she's getting a section or something like that. So it's like, oh boy, fun. But yeah, we're we're about halfway done filming right now and it's it's been wild.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um yeah, I watched a uh, terrify the first terrifier recently and you know, it's like it's, it's like a cool movie because it's like it's a horror movie, but it's kind of silly. But at the same time, it's filmed mm-hmm. very well, you know? What's been like... So, What do you think is so cool about that movie?
1: I, I think what's cool about it is just the character of art himself. Because there's this nice blend of like horror and comedy yeah. together with that, that character. And I, I think that just makes him a very interesting character to watch just mean, he's like you know he's very charismatic just kind of like how like freddy and chucky are in that way so uh, I, I think that's what's so cool about it plus we you know we we go all out we don't we don't pull back with the kills or anything like that we show everything so
0: <laughs> right those kills are crazy i'm like <laughs> they're crazy oh, huh <laughs> oh you haven't seen
1: anything yet <laughs>
0: Uh, I was yo, know, I was la- man, I was laughing so hard when there's that in the first terrifier when, when there's the uh, the scene where the you know the chick is uh, being hung upside down and you know titties mm-hmm. are just flopping down, you know, and then yeah, then you, man, that shit killed me. I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wait. that was wild, man. What's... Oh, just wait. Uh, this really awesome kill scene uh, a few weeks ago, and it's. I think it's going to top the uh, Hacksaw soon, just in brutality alone. It's, it's pretty, pretty rough to watch, (laughs) but it's really good.
0: (laughs) How did you, you know, first get uh, linked up to do this role for, uh, as um, Art the Clown? You know, what was sort of the process? What happened?
1: Well, I I just lucked upon it really is it's like I was in the middle of auditioning for a bunch of musical theater productions that all fell through. I was like in like final callbacks for about four different Broadway tours and all those fell through. And then I I came across this this posting I had never done film before, but I saw this posting for the Terrifier. They needed a tall, skinny guy that had clowning or physical comedy experience for the role of art. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect for me. I I have to play this role. Because I was already familiar with the role anyway from All Hallows Eve. So I was like, yes, i got to do this. And the rest is history. I just went in and auditioned and knocked it out of the park. I I believe you can probably see my audition video online where it's like I had to improv
0: on the spot, a a scene where I decapitated a guy. And it's it's pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. Once you, you know, finally got the role, like, you know, how, you know, what did you do to sort of embrace this character?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I I basically just like like, went back and watched a lot of like old school, like horror films anyway from like the 70s and 80s because that's the vibe we were going for. And so I kind of, I kind of I, I look at art as being like he's he's like a mishmash of all the great horror icons that came before. There's a little bit of everybody in him from Freddy, Jason, Mike Myers, Chucky, Leatherface, Pinhead, all of that. He's got all of their traits. He's like he's basically like you know, horror's like biggest fanboy. Right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned it before that uh, you know you were. Uh... Auditioning for these musical roles, and you were mm-hmm. uh, previously on the the touring company for how Grinch stole Christmas you know you yeah know, how did you get, first get involved in musical theater oh gosh i
1: mean i was I was a singer before I was anything else before I was an actor growing up, I was always singing in choirs and I I was a boy soprano for the longest time because I was a late bloomer, so it was like that was like a rare commodity back in back when I was growing up. <laughs> so I, I sang all over the place. I like, I could sing higher than the girls back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Was just like people were like, "Holy crap!" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Now now I'm like bass baritone, right. but I have like a four and a half active range. So I I can sing all vocal parts. So it's. <laughs> It, that's why, you know, I, 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 I come from a family of musicians, too, so it's just been in me ever since I was born, I think. I think it's just, like, a something I was born with.
0: When did you first, like, you know, first get that inkling to want to be a performer?
1: I mean, I had done, like, little bits of, like, church theater and stuff like that growing up, but I, I think what really cemented it for me was when I was in eighth grade. I was bullied a lot because, like I said... <laughs> <laughs> geek in Alabama, you know, boy soprano. I was really <laughs> short too and I had glasses and braces wow. and I sucked at sports except for soccer. So it was like, uh, it was an easy target. Right. And, and I, that year we did a, a production of Mickey's Christmas Carol in our choral program. And my mom was like, have, have any of these kids seen how funny you are? Because I was always goofing around and doing weird characters at home. And at school I was very quiet and shy and I'm like, no. She's like, well, you should audition for the the role of Mickey Mouse. You would be perfect for it. For Bob Cratchit. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I did. Got the role. And we had this one, the 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 performance we were doing. We had a mishap on stage happen where like the uh, the set fell down on top of Scrooge and I. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't stop. I, I just kept going with the scene and started improvising right there on the spot. And I had everybody in the audience just howling because I just started <laughs> making jokes about the condition of the place falling apart and <laughs> it, while we're trying to like put it all back up. Cause it's like a cardboard set, so it wasn't really a heavy set It didn't really hurt us or anything like that. But yeah. it's like in that moment I had like the audience just eating out the palm of my hand. And it was like, it was like this power I had over them. And I realized I was, instead of being laughed at, people were laughing with me and I was like, this is wonderful. I love this feeling. And I'm like, I want more of this. And that's and that's I think that's when things really first clicked for me as a performer. I'm like I, I like this. I like this feeling of being able to bring this kind of joy to people, making people laugh like this.
0: After that, you know, what did you do to sort of like craft your skills?
1: Oh gosh, I just I mean. I, I'm, I'm a huge movie junkie. And so, I mean, I, I was already growing up on like the classics, especially with physical comedy, because I love physical comedy. But that back then when I was in middle school, that's when Jim Carrey first really became big. So I, I was a huge fan of his because I loved his, his physical comedy. Right. And I'm like, I also like that same time. My, my aunt got me a, a box set of Mr. Bean movies and videos and stuff like that. And so I, I, I basically just devoured those. I would watch them over and over and over and over and over. And I, I'd always wanted to play, like, a, a silent character like Mr. Bean that was very mischievous like that. And it, it's just, like, who knew, like, you know, all these, like, 20-some-odd, almost 30 years later, I'd be playing Art of the Clown, which is a very Mr. Bean-like character, and but a lot more evil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, when... You know, when you go to like you do these uh, comic, you know these pop culture conventions, comic cons like Astronomicon. You know what do uh, you know what do people talk to you about? Oh gosh, everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm pretty approachable at these things. I, I usually go to the after parties and stuff like that and just hang out with the fans. So I'm like, I, I've I, I've talked about everything from, like, you know, religion and politics to the movies to just, you know, sitting around and, like, having fun on people's phone apps, making faces and doing crazy characters and stuff like that. So it's just, like, whatever. I just go with the flow.
0: Who were, you know, uh, you kind of mentioned about... Uh... With, you know, Jim Carrey being, you know, someone that you liked, you know, who are some of your Mm -hmm. other other people that you sort of looked up to when, you know, trying to, you know, work on your craft?
1: Mm. Well, definitely one of them is Doug Jones. I mean, he's he's always been like a great source of inspiration because we're so much alike physically and we have a lot of the same styles and so i've always kind of looked up to him as like that's where i would like to go one day career wise be that character guy that you know gets to play all these fun characters and and still a lot of people don't know what he looks like so he has a little bit of anonymity in real life too but people love his work i'm like i like that i like that and so he's one person i've looked up to and and kind of modeled my career off of but i like another one i would say would be um the 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 wonderful man that I understudied for those five years on Grinch, uh, Stephen Carl, who was uh, the, he was known, mostly known for playing Robbie Rotten on Lazy Town. And he is he just a wonderful physical comedian. And he really taught me a lot while I was his understudy. He helped me really fine-tune my skills that I had been developing my whole entire life. And so I, I said those two guys were a big, huge inspiration on me. That, you know, and I've gotten to meet Doug as well, and he's just a wonderful guy, and I, so it's like it's it, it, it's kind of like you know it's kind of nice learning from the greats in that way.
0: Yeah, at, at at Astronomicon you will be doing a pro photo op, you know, dressed in as Art the Clown. How much, you know, mm-hmm. how fun is that, you know, to do that, you know, at these conventions? Oh, it's
1: so much fun because I do it totally in character. I don't talk or anything like that, so. I, I, I love being able to just mess around with people. I, I I I sometimes scare the crap out of people too, which is so much fun. Even <laughs> if it's not people in line, I, I'll be in the elevators and I'll mess with people, or people are just sitting around in the lobby and I'll just sneak up behind them, scare the crap out of them. I love it.
0: <laughs> like I'm too,
1: I'm mischievous that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Back when you first got the role in your first uh, filming, Terrifier, you know what was sort of the process that you were a part of. At, you know when they were creating that look for you, well, specifically the,
1: the look had already been created. But I would say like more of the process for me was yeah. like I I um I built upon what because you know another guy played art before me, his name is Mike Gianelli, yeah, and so I looked at what Mike had done in All Hallows Eve and really built upon that. And like one thing I. I really wanted to, you know, bring more to bring more of an essence to was like, you know, his name's art, the clown. So I wanted to bring more of a clowning aspect to the character. So even though he doesn't talk, I want him, you know, it's not necessarily mine, but it's more like silent clown work. He's just like, you know, convey more meaning through the facial expressions and body language. And so that's what I really
0: focused more on and wanted to strengthen more. Right. You know, what What is it about Art the Clown? Do you feel like the you know people have seen this movie like you know what what's what do you think is so special about art the clown i I think what's so special about
1: him is like he you don't really know why he's doing what he's doing <laughs> but at the same time you kind of get that he just enjoys what he's doing and that might be part of why he's doing what he's doing. It's like, he, he's not really doing this stuff on out of a vendetta or anything like that. He's just doing it because it's fun for him and he has fun doing it that's why he has these little you make kind of little jokes he's very playful in that way but he's doing horrible horrible things and i i I think that's what makes him so entertaining to people because he's got that viciousness but he has that playfulness to him as well that's just like you don't see a lot with villains that often you like you know you look at Freddy. i'm not Freddy, but um, Freddy's very playful but i'm a Like uh, Jason or Mike Myers, you know, they're very quick one, like one or two hit kills and they're moving on. Like Art basically, you know, he kills, but he takes his time with it and revels in what he's doing and relishes the moment. And and I think that's what's so interesting about him.
0: You know, since, you know, since Terrifier came out, you know, what, you know, what has been something that you've learned about, being in a role like that, that maybe you didn't know before? Um, what
1: have I learned? Um, I would say more like I've I, 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 <laughs> I, I I've learned that I'm like, I have some weird thoughts in my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 I have found that I, I now will be walking around and I will come up with new kill scenes. <laughs> and like, like someone frustrates me in real life. And I think it's like, what would art do in this moment? I'm like, oh my
0: God, what is wrong with me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is kind of a, a thing that I'm always thinking about, whether it's an actor or somebody, a writer, an author, when they're, you know, doing, doing something that is like a crazy character or thinking up all these crazy mm-hmm. characters, how do they sort of, balance that while they're doing it while the yeah how did you sort of balance you know film in this character you know and like not like be weird like when you're not doing it
1: well, as soon as they they say cut, I'm usually like the first thing I'm doing, especially if I'm doing like a, a kill scene or something like that, where something's very violent. I, I'm always checking in on my fellow actors, my co-stars, making sure they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, like uh, I, I've had to sometimes just absolutely just whale on people with weapons, and I'm like, and I'm literally hitting these people, even though they might have like protective pads on to to dampen the blows, but I'm still having to hit them and. And I'm like, oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> but other than that, I'm usually just cracking jokes and stuff like that. I'm not—I don't do any of the method acting with this character at all. So it's, you know, I, I can turn it on and off. I think that's what kind of freaks people out. Is like, I can be like, oh my God, are you okay? Or I'll be cracking jokes in one second. They're like, okay, and rolling, and I just my face totally goes back to being art again. And people are like, oh my God, that's scary. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I can just turn it on or off if I need to, because it's like my thing is I, how I've always been as an actor. Is once I have an understanding of who the character is in my mind, I can easily just turn it on and off. It's just like a switch.
0: What you know? What have you done, like, in the film? You know, in the filming of the of Terrifier two. You know, is there anything mm-hmm. that you've done? this time around to sort of, you know, help get into the character more or whatnot? What was sort of the, you know, the, the preparation for this role the, the second time around?
1: Oh, I would say a lot less preparation because, you know, I was, you know, I've already played the character once, so I understand them a lot more. And I was very involved with, you know, the, the creation of the script this time around, too. Damien and I were, you know, putting our heads together constantly, coming up with ideas for plot or kill scenes or whatever. So it's, it's, that there wasn't a whole lot of like prep work I had to do because I've been doing the prep work the whole entire time anyway. So it's just like, I basically just roll into set. And I'm like, which scene are we doing today? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I don't I don't have to sit there and memorize lines and stuff like that. Everybody like everybody else. And plus, a lot of times I just get to play around and just come up with things in the moment. Like the other night we we're doing a, a scene, and it, a lot of the stuff I did in the scene wasn't even written in the script. It just Damon sometimes just writes. Art does this. And you know, like, are, are just you know, it's just like he doesn't really lay out everything I'm actually going to do. So it's just like he leaves it there for me, just to when I'm in the moment and I see my surroundings, I can just play around with what's there. And that's what I did with this scene, and it was so much fun. <laughs> so it's like that's I guess my prep work is a lot of that is just you're just coming up with stuff in the moment, which I I kind of enjoy doing.
0: How often do you do that for the for these movies?
1: Not a lot. You know, there's a, there's a lot of that kind of like uh, improv work done. Now, now, now sometimes Damien knows exactly what he wants, especially for the kill scenes. But like I, I, I add little bits of flavor here or there just to, you know, spice things up a little bit more than, you know, just so it's not your just your typical kill scene or, you know, it, there's little embellishments here or there that I like to put in.
0: You know what preparations go into you know the safety part of that you you're just mentioning about having padding and while well, you're you're hitting these people mm-hmm. and they they have a little bit of a padding but what sort of you know safety precautions are uh, put in place
1: well when we have like these big kill scenes like that where we have a lot of you know stunt work being done we actually have stunt coordinators on set helping us this time around so we have the the protective gear that they bring in, this, you know, top quality stuff. We have the crash pads, all that kind of stuff. And so it's like a lot of times we we will have stunt doubles even come in and they will, they're trained to do some of these stunts. And so it, it that makes it a lot easier. It makes my job easier too because it's like they're usually more in control of like the situation than I am. That's what's really cool about stunt work is usually the person that's getting thrown around and beaten up. They're the ones usually more in control of everything, which is not how it looks on screen, but it, that's how it, it, I've discovered is really is on these sets. And it's pretty cool. Right.
0: You know, going forward, what, you know, what is some things that you would like to do, you know, for, you know, in your career, you know, is there anything that you, you, you have dreams of doing or stuff that you're oh, planning on uh, doing?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, um, my my ultimate goal is to play the Joker somehow. Most likely, I would like to play him on like a, a TV series, so I could have more time with the character instead of like a two-hour movie. I could have a whole season or two just to really flesh him out and experiment with him because he's like my favorite villain of all time. But I mean, there there's so many more things though. I mean, I I I, I love doing voiceover work, so I would really love to do more video game work and uh, animation as well, and you know, do some more musical theater. I'm like one thing I've been wanting to have done for years is like a life, like a stage adaptation of nightmare before Christmas. Cause I would love to play Jack Skellington.
0: Oh, nice. But, you
1: know? Oh yeah. There, there's, I'm still a musical theater nerd at heart. So I'm <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I haven't done musical theater in, in about five years. I miss it, but you know, I'd still love to return to the stage somehow.
0: Oh, definitely. What, what are some of the musicals that you're a fan of? Oh gosh, I'm I'm so old school. <laughs> it's funny. I I live here in New
1: York, and I don't get out to shows nearly as much as I should. But so I'm like, I I love like the classics, you know, the Rodgers and the Hammerstein, you know, all that kind of stuff, Oklahoma, all that kind of stuff from back in that Music Man up to like you know, Les Misérables and you know, fan of the opera and all that kind of stuff. But like lately, you know, I, I've seen some good stuff on Broadway. I, I, I saw King Kong last year. One of my friends was the understudy for Ann Darrow. And it was just, that was an amazing show to watch. Just like, cause they had this big, huge, several ton animatronic Kong puppet. That was like 30 feet tall. And <laughs> it was, that was amazing. I was like, wow. I, I love that. The technical side of stuff like that. I love that kind of magic on stage. I'm like, But I I still want to go see Beetlejuice. I want to go see Harry Potter, all that kind of stuff on stage, too. I'm like, I just like to be
0: entertained. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. I always like to ask this question of people, like, what's sort of a lesson or or a nugget of knowledge from your life or career that anybody listening to this, doesn't matter what sort of avenue of artistry that they're in, could sort of project into their own life?
1: Well, the most valuable lesson I learned was when my mom passed away. It's like we had our final discussion with each other, and that, at that time I was studying to be an elementary school teacher. I was trying to be very pragmatic with my life, and as much as I wanted to be an actor, I was. I, I looked at it this way that you know, teaching was a more stable career, and I would actually have a stable income. And my mom said to me or she's like, you know, you've been given certain gifts and I I would hate to see you squander those. It's like you only get one shot at this life. So don't do what you think you have to do with your life. Do what you want to do with your life. Go out there and live it. And I those words really sunk in with me. And that's why I gave up teaching and decided to become an actor. And the rest is history. So that's. That's what I would say is probably the one of the most valuable things I learned was you know do what you want to do with your life, nice you know like live your life the way you you want to live it because you only get one shot. Why not make it an extraordinary?
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, David, it's been good talking with you. Um, where can yeah. people where can people go online to get more information about you know what you're doing and if you have anything to plug, go ahead and plug it.
1: Yeah. I'm, um, you, I, you can find me on both Instagram and, uh, Facebook under David Howard Thornton. I used to be on Twitter, but I'm not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where you can go. I usually post a lot of stuff, you know, especially with like, uh, upcoming, um, conventions and stuff like that. I actually need to update all that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh is the Word, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser. Empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash fresh of the word. Intro theme music by Foulmouth, Shimmy Bango, and Knox Money. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media, on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups Fresh the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night
1: f is the word.